Welcome to the planet. Welcome to another episode. Hey, I'm so sorry if that's super cheesy, but I had to do it at least once. It's time for another episode of the Switchfoot Song Stories podcast. Every single Thursday, a new show drops, and we will occasionally have some bonus episodes in the mix as well. I'm your host, Tyler D. Smith, and I wanted to let you know we've already had some amazing guests on the show, and we've got a lot more on the way. David Zock from Remedy Drive will be joining us soon. Jason Dunn, the original lead singer of Hawk Nelson, will be on an episode. The one and only Bob Goff is also expected to join us later this summer, as well as Andy Barron, possibly a producer of previous Switchfoot Records and others that have toured with the guys over the years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So please, please, please share this podcast with your friends and family, fellow Switchfoot fans. Help us get the word out. Let's continue growing and having even more fun with these conversations. My guest on the show this week is Mary Nichol. Mary does a lot of great work. She's a photographer, a writer. She works with the Exodus Road. And I was first introduced to her work through the amazing website Rock On Purpose. She's a music lover, a Switchfoot fan, and I'm excited for you to hear our discussion. And the song we're talking about today is one of the best, in my opinion, in the entire Switchfoot catalog, The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. how are you thanks for taking the time uh, to join us for an episode oh yeah for sure i am excited to be here just you know all day i've been sitting here thinking about like my history with switchfoot and how special it is to get a chance to just talk about it and just be an unabashed fan for a while so thank you for inviting me to do this yes yeah and you're not only a, a fellow switchfoot fan but also a, a music lover in general that's fair to say right 100 <laughs> percent um i definitely you know Feel like so many things in my life have been touched by music like it's really interwoven through like everything about the way that I process and interact with the world so and Switchfoot's always been kind of at the core of that for me yeah I would say um, you know definitely what we have in common you know like the the rock music that inspires and moves the soul which is you know that's what I gravitate towards as well and um, you're doing great work I love the photos you've shot at concerts I absolutely love rock on purpose uh, you and your team are killing it uh, I've discovered new artists uh, through that website and read about some great causes and some other things. So um, when did that when did that start and what was kind of the heart behind it? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for your kind words regarding that. You know, it's something that's so precious to me. So it's really special when I hear that it's something that's like really resonated with other people as well. Um, really what it was born from was I've worked in the music industry now for about 10 years. I started in music journalism and I did that for quite a few years for a major Christian music website. And kind of when that season of my life came to a close and I was figuring out what am I supposed to do next, I really kind of stripped it back to what are the things that I care about most in the world? What are the parts of the work that I've done um, throughout my 20s that has felt really meaningful? And it always came back to purposeful rock and roll. Um, and I think that's especially because I have a huge passion for mental health and that's a space that rock music really uniquely speaks to. So when I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, how do I just create a space where conversations are being had? Because it was, especially at the time, this was four years ago and rock was really being edged out of a lot of like mainstream conversation spaces. There just really were not a lot of places where those artists were getting highlighted. And so I was like, I want to be one tiny little haven or shelter 
um, where we can actually have these conversations about the music that matters. And so that's kind of how it started. And it really, my original vision was I'll just do a personal blog and almost immediately blew up into something way bigger than that. And now I have about 15 different writers and photographers who contribute to it. Um, rock on Purpose was part of what spawned the Grizzly Awards, which is an award show for faith-based rock and metal. So it kind of has grown into something much bigger than just my original vision of having conversations about music like that. And it's going to keep growing. We have a couple new initiatives that we're working on that I'm really excited about that are going to be rolling out hopefully by the end of this year. That's cool. And I like how the, the bio of the website, or at least um, the social media, says, we talk about the music that matters, the rock and roll that uses melody as a vehicle for healing and change. And just by reading that, I was like, man, if that doesn't describe Switchfoot, I don't know what does. <laughs> I mean, mm. Switch, they definitely fit in that description. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is, I remember um, even when I was kind of creating it, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, what bands do I want to think of as the blueprint for the kinds of bands that I want this site to feature? And the two that came to mind were Switchfoot and Remedy Drive, both of whom have this beautiful synergy between music and activism. Like those two things go hand in hand for them. Like their music is a part of the way that they are living and existing in this world. And that to me is like kind of, the thing to strive for and um, that's the thing I strive for in my own creativity and my own art um it's the kind of thing that I think the most important music I've ever heard does too you know it's kind of in the tradition of U2 I have always felt like Switchfoot is kind of this generation's U2 um yeah. and they kind of did that exact same thing yeah definitely agree with you what's been your favorite experience so far this is probably a really broad question but um in the music world you've said you know you've been been around it for a long time but what's been like what comes to your mind initially of like one of my favorite experiences in the music industry? Oh man, there've been so many. I mean, part of it is just anytime I'm in this situation where I'm working with a band who really made a massive impact on my own life as a teenager, like those moments are really precious and kind of to be relevant to this conversation, I'll bring up a Switchfoot moment that I remember. And that's from about seven years ago at Creation Fest um, Northeast. I was helping run an acoustic stage through the whole weekend. And on the last day of the weekend, it was incredibly rainy as summer festivals often are. I mean, you know, we're talking shin deep mud. Everybody was just wading through it. And a lot of people kind of bailed um, and just left early because Switchfoot was like the finale. They were the last band on the last night. But, uh, you know, the diehards stuck it out. And I was photographing and it was pouring rain. So I'm like trying to photograph the poncho like draped over my camera. And the Switchfoot guys like just absolutely embraced it. You know, they're up there singing Hello Hurricane in this gale in Pennsylvania, all of us covered in mud. And I remember like at the very end going up and like taking some sh shots from side stage and the confetti going off and literally all of us are drenched in confetti and rain and then fireworks go off overhead. And it's just one of these magical moments where I'm like, this could have been a total like mess or disaster and several artists were really struggling with playing in those environments and i can't really blame them but instead switchfoot was like let's take this thing that could be really ugly and turn it beautiful and i just remember having this moment of being like this is what music has done for my life in general it's transformative not only in how i've been as a listener but then the fact that i've been able to move into these spaces where i get invited to write about it to photograph it to capture it which feels like a miracle to me every time so that memory is really, really precious to me. Yeah, I bet. 
I can't believe some of those amateurs left. Come on now. <laughs> you never I leave. know. <laughs> uh, right? It's like you don't leave a, at the very least, like if it's switch, but you don't leave. Right? Yeah. I'm like, if they're going to be capping off a night, you stick around. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to a festival, you got to brave the elements and know that, you know, could be 112, it could be rainy. You never know. <laughs> but that's that part of the really experience. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just seems so, so John, so Switchfoot. There, just uh, I remember, you know, seeing an interview with him a long time ago. Um, actually, I think it was one of their DVDs, and they talked about like live music. There's no nets. There's no. You just don't know what's going to happen, and that's um, mm. kind of a metaphor for life. You got to keep going, you know, and that's that's a cool memory. Um, so your your website has written a lot about the band, but I want to point people's attention to a piece that you wrote in 2019, uh, one of my personal favorite articles that you've done, and the title was Switchfoot, The Stories Redemption Tells. And so basically, you know, in the story, you're uh, recalling, um, you know, one of their stops in detail in Nashville on the Native Tongue Tour. You mentioned some things that you were going through at the time, and you're uh, giving insight to their set list, um, and just how moving the entire night was. And I'm not going to share the whole article because I want fans to go back and read it. Um, we'll put a link in the show description. But a couple of the quotes uh, from your article really stuck out to me. And one of them was, uh, We live in a reality of breaking down, of loss, where the wildfires of this world can leave you wondering if there's any true beauty left. We live in a world of refugees, of untimely deaths, of fractured relationships, of uncomfortably uh, staring disease in the face. Switchfoot has never denied that. The truth of it caught like a lump in my throat as I sang along with an acoustic rendition of The Shadow Proves the Sunshine, one of my favorite songs of all time. There is a pain that can get inside your bones, but as their song suggests, maybe there's still something more. So, uh, and actually one other thing I was also going to share is from that later on in the article, you said a few times over the years I've been enjoying covering music. I've attended concerts that felt more like a revelation. This one felt that way to me. It was light colliding with that deathly weight in my bones. It was the invitation I needed, the one that has chased me since I was just a kid, the hope that I believe will pursue me till the end of my days. So first of all, again, really good stuff. I mean, honestly, stuff like that um, is what makes me want to, you know, do this podcast to have these conversations. You know, this band has meant so much to so many people and there's you know, seriously, like a thousand different conversations that, that we can have about their songs and tours and quotes. But um, that was three years ago. I'm sure you can remember uh, quite a bit about like that time period and writing that pretty vividly. But um, what are your memories and thoughts or, or just feelings when you uh, bring that back to life? Yeah, man, I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to read that to begin with. And then also just to bring it into this conversation, into the space, because even hearing you read those snippets from that article, I was just kind of brought back to where I was at the time. And it's great having three years of retrospect because it kind of just solidifies and proves what I was writing then. Because that particular show kind of marked for me a time of the darkness starting to disperse in my life because I was writing that and that show happened um, at the end of a season of just tremendous trauma for me where I went through some extremely challenging um, health issues that were life-threatening. And I was actually still kind of in the middle of them at the time when I attended that concert. Um, I've been through a lot of loss and through some really painful um, abusive situations that again, had just left me for a while in this place where it was just very shadowed. 
and that show felt like a turning point it felt like the first moment where there was like a little bit of like that pierced the clouds and reminded me yes there's still beauty in the world yes there's still good in the world and that's the exact duality that i was talking about with the shadow proves the sunshine right it's this idea that the truest moments of our lives lie at that intersection of the light and the dark. Um, and it's so, again, just special to think about it now because in the time since then, like my life is really dramatically shifted and changed in some really lovely ways. And a lot of the things that I was carrying with me in the room, like the evening of that concert are not things I'm carrying anymore. Um, and there's been a lot of redemption. There's been a lot of redemption that I've lived. And so that show, I've always considered it to be kind of like the first chapter of like a new volume of my life. Um, and that's really, really proved true. And like what I still like whenever I look at the pictures I took that night, I'm just so moved by the promise that is in them and the promise that I heard and that I felt through the music that night. So it's just again, it's cool that like I was able to recognize it in the moment and that then life has proved that to be true. Yeah, things like that life change and, and memories that, that bring you back to that place. But how often is a music that is kind of the thing that makes you reminds you of those. That's really cool. And I know Switchfoot is just, again, they've just been at the the heart of so many, you know, redemption stories like that. So amazing stuff. And again, hope everybody checks out that uh, full article. Um, as far as, you know, the, the song itself, was it like, was nothing to sound your favorite album by chance of theirs, or is it just more um, about that song in particular? I think, um, I mean, it is a little bit about that song, but also Nothing Is Sound was the new album at the time when I started listening to Switchfoot. And I know that's actually not that common that Switchfoot fans gravitate towards that album because especially given what happened with the release of the album where there were like rights issues with the CD, mm -hmm. um, the actual physical CD and, you know, dripping it to your computer, which is a whole long saga in and of itself. I know that that mm -hmm. album really became really troubled, which is unfortunate um, because I think it's just some of the most profound songwriting that has come from a band of profound songwriting right like i feel like there's something about that album that feels particularly prophetic to me and i think in part just because it's kind of the quarter life crisis album you know it's kind of like this point that this everything is meaningless right as um happy as a yuppie word echoes mm -hmm. ecclesiastes right it's this idea of um totally recognizing that we are in this very, like we live in the life of breaking down, right? Um, and I think that has always really resonated with me. I think the fact that that's an album that's kind of full of these different strains of lament has always resonated with me because it's something we're so often afraid of as a culture. Um, so yeah, I think that album has always been kind of nostalgic and special. And then that song is kind of, for me, the epitome of what is nostalgic and special about that album. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Also, I think Nothing Is Sound is probably their most rock and roll as far as from front to back. Um, you know, some fans may debate that, but I think a lot of electric guitar in there and and the fact that they wrote most of that album on the road. You know, they had this newfound success mm -hmm. with the beautiful letdown and they were doing like 300 shows a year, I think it was. And they just wrote almost the entire thing just uh, on tour buses and uh, in locker rooms and stuff like that. Um, but the fact of John mentioning he was going through a dark season and just like we wrote this album with the intent of playing live and just getting everything out of what we're going through. So uh, just incredible. I think that for me, my list of songs as a lot of Switchfoot fans, it 
it changes as far as, you know, if you're making a best of CD, like, well, maybe this time period or this season of life or like, oh, I want to throw some new ones in. And you kind of you kind of change, which shows how good, you know, their full collection is. But for me, Shadowproofs of Sunshine will consistently and probably always be in the top five as far as overall songs. I uh, My only complaint probably is they rarely do this song live all the way through. <laughs> um, yeah. Like a lot of times they'll play a verse and it's always very impactful. They'll, uh, you know, even that one live CD that came out, they played uh, part of Shadow into uh, Love Alone. Um, I've seen them several times live where they kind of do a medley, maybe with We Are One Tonight or some other songs in there. But mm -hmm. so my only complaint, hey, play, I want to hear the, the full thing <laughs> live. Um, but lyrically and musically, it's a masterpiece to me. At times it does make me want, it's like, man, if they maybe they could experiment a little bit more with uh, uh Romy on the piano um, because that's, I just love, uh, I just love how it sounds. But what do you think for you is uh, if anything you hadn't mentioned as far as um, why the song has made an impact, you touched on a little bit, but you can maybe share uh, anything else that comes to mind as far as the impact it's made on you, or maybe uh, dive into the lyrics a little bit. If you have a favorite lyric from the song itself. Sure. Um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking that one of the things that I love about this song um, is it's rich enough that it's grown up with me. And, you know, we don't always get that with songs. I feel like there are some songs that you kind of outgrow, but I feel like the Shadow Cruise of Sunshine is expansive. And as I grow, I feel like its weight and its meaning has kind of grown with me. And so for me, that began when I was a homeschooled kid in Texas, um, when I was a teenager. And I grew up in a setting where um, contemporary music of any kind was not allowed. Switchfoot was actually one of the first bands I ever heard, and it was in secret. Um, I was listening to them in secret with one of my best friends at the time who grew up in a very similar environment to what I did. And there was just a lot of darkness in our lives at the time. And there's a lot that we were having to contend with just in order to survive. And so that line, two scared little runaways hold fast till the break of daylight, that still makes me think about her and this friend and I, like we really overcame so much to become the people who we are now. And we have become something dramatically different from what we came from and had to break through like a lot of just generational baggage to become something different and redeem kind of our stories. And that line, I remember just listening to it and thinking at the time, like, I just hope we can hold on long enough. I hope we can hold on together. And at the time we even like had matching switchfoot hoodies and, there are these pictures that we took of us as teenagers where we were wearing our matching switchfoot hoodies in the rain. And it always made me think of that song. Um, so that was kind of where it started for me, but it really grew with me as I got older. I think that throughout the song, there is this paradox, right? There's this idea that the truest things are holding two very different things in tension. Um, and that idea became really important to me as I got older too. And as I kind of navigated, you know, growing up and figuring out my own worldview and taking kind of like um, a hard look at some of the belief systems I'd grown up in. Um, and so it really became this idea of, can I hold two seemingly very disparate things at the same time? Can I hold the beauty and the tragedy of my own experience at the same time, instead of trying to veer towards one or the other? Like, can I have the courage and the grace to hold all of it? And I feel like that's the invitation of the song. And it's also this idea that, again, there's something very 
true and alive when we can do that. And it's funny because I, I now in recent years, I have the like the rain jacket that they printed a few years ago as part of the Christmas package that has the shadow through the sunshine on the back. Mm -hmm. um, and I've ended up bringing that jacket with me through multiple hospitalizations in recent years. And I've had other patients who I'm there with just be like, like so attached to the phrase. And it's been interesting to me to see people who don't even know about Switchlight resonate with the idea. People who are in the process of literally fighting for their lives, seeing something so true to their own experience, just in the very simple phrase and idea. And I yeah. think that really speaks to what Switchfoot created when they wrote that song. Yeah, it's so vintage Switchfoot to have this simple yet so profound line that can make you think. I mean, just like that's my favorite lyric of the song is the title, like the shadow proves the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And then as John often does, he personalizes it at the end. You know, shine on me, let my shadow, let my shadows prove the sunshine. So I know people can... Uh, interpret it in different ways but for me it's always this reminder that you know there can be darkness around us but there's there has to be there has to be light as a counterpart um, and from a faith standpoint you know if people are ever going to see the sunshine sometimes it's you know to personalize it it's like you know hopefully they see you know if they see the shadow they see a representation you know representative of the light um, is something i've always uh, liked as well and verse two uh, another psalm like um you know, kind of vibe there, like, oh, Lord, why'd you forsake me? And um, this is, I, I can't tell you how many debates I've been in with people. <laughs> you know, it's not always good to, mm. to read the comments, but when some comments about before, like sometimes even this song, like, is John still a Christian? Because he says, you know, the Lord forsaked him. And like, have you read the Bible? Jesus said that on the cross. <laughs> I mean, say, it's quoting somebody, yeah. somebody uh, like familiar. Yes. But yeah, it's interesting when that happens, but he, you know, into verse two, he comes back and, you know, please, Lord, don't look the other way. And it's just this unbelievably honest, you know, and, and you uh, put it so beautifully there, just the um, kind of what's going on back and forth um, in, in the listener's mind and their mind, too. But also say Chad's drumming on this song is amazing. Um, and you can say that's mm -hmm. also kind of a simple beat, but it just kind of drives the whole thing. Yeah, no, I agree that the percussion on here is like this really kind of subtle backbone that runs through the song. And it's interesting because I've, I've heard them do it live a few times over the years, and it's always a totally different arrangement. Like, I think I, I don't think I've ever seen them do it the same way twice. Like you mentioned earlier, I've seen them do it as part of We Are One Tonight. I've seen them do it acoustic. I've seen them do one time I saw them do it with just like Romy did this whole thing on the keys that I've never heard any other time. But yeah. that's just kind of how they do it. But I think that is like one of the cool things about this song is it's really spacious musically. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's in part, I think, to really recognize and bear witness to some of the hollowness of the sentiment. So there's just these wide open spaces in the music where there's a lot of room to fill it in, I think, for the listener. And I think also for the band when they bring it to the live stage. Yeah, occasionally we have some audio clips from John or the full band talking about certain songs. And we do have one for this one. Um, this takes it back to... Uh, a music video back in the day when it first came out and uh, all the guys talking about what the song uh, is about and what it means to them from the days of nothing is sound so we're going to check that out certain songs have have a deeper meaning based on what i've been through with that song you know i know for all of us down in 
South Africa, this song, Shadow Proves the Sunshine, was a, definitely an experience that we'll all never forget. Like the other thing is singing into this. Shadow proves the sunshine. Shadow proves the sunshine. Yeah. It's insane if you like mic it in stereo because I mean it's all over the place. Yeah. We were over in South Africa a couple months ago now, and John had been working on this idea and, and it and it sort of gelled while we were over there. And that song just really hit me over there. I came back having learned a lot from them and the way they live and the simplicity of their lives and the richness of their culture. It's a different kind of song that Switchwood has done, but it's a real powerful song. The lyrics are amazing. Sunshine, won't you be yeah. my mother? Opened up a new perspective for me because, you know, it's it's the shadow that proves that there's sunshine shining to make that dark spot. We were able to perform it for the first time. Sort of spontaneously one night, we were playing with a group of African kids that perform in a choir, and it was just a tremendous thing to, uh, to be working on new music in a foreign place and playing that and, and having, you know, having the kids down there. And that, that whole experience was amazing. Mary, I also want to get your thoughts on John's thoughts as well. Um, one thing we like to do is kind of go back to the many different songs where he shares some of his thoughts. And a lot of times it's when the first when the song first came out, so he may have different thoughts as the years go. But uh, one thing that he said at that time was, here's a tune that is a bit different than anything we've done before. It's a very simple tune, so simple we almost overlooked it. The fight with this one was to work slow. The song didn't want much else other than a very honest performance. So when we went in to start overdubbing, we would track a bunch of ideas and then come to the conclusion that we liked it better naked. So we would take everything off and start from scratch. It ended up being one of my favorite songs on the record. One of my favorite moments on the record was singing the words into the piano to get all of the strings resonating. I had the idea a while ago and I've never been able to pull it off. It felt great to scream into a piano and hear the piano scream back. Can't wait to play this song live. It feels like it needs to be sung outdoors against the backdrop of a dark night. I love that you brought that up because I was actually, one of the things I almost mentioned when we were talking about the musicality of it was the fact that he had sung into a piano for this. Because I remember that really distinctly. Um, just because what a profound way to get a unique kind of vocal tone. You know, it's just like, it's so wild and it's so creative and um, I also just am so like kind of validated that he also mentioned that like stripping away that the song mm -hmm. has musically, where again, it, it's not frilly, it's not fancy. It is very stripped back um, in order for it to really stand out. Um, and I think that also really lets what is there shine, um, like that moment of him screaming into the piano and like the moment of the South African children singing, you know, that would not have the same resonance if they had really built this song up too much. I think the fact that they did leave it so bare actually just allows for more like profound weight to be placed on everything that is a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's also, there's one from a uh, 
it's I think it was off an interview. It was from a, a biography of another website that says um, nothing is sound when it comes to the Shadowproofs of Sunshine was inspired by a fact-finding trip Switchfoot took to South Africa in January of 2005 to see for themselves the impact that poverty and disease has had on the region. For the last few years, the band has been active in Bono's charity organizations, which promotes uh, AIDS awareness and debt relief. And Foreman describes the trip and meeting children orphaned by AIDS as a turning point in his life. Uh, he said, do you realize how poor we are as Americans? We might have a nice SUV, but nothing to show for our humanity. And the song grapples with the idea that South Africa, which has endured many years of oppression and poverty, is a place where I've never seen so much light or joy or happiness. So I may write about how everything is meaningless, but it's a very hopeful thing for me to be proven wrong. And can we just agree that John Foreman needs to write a book? <laughs> oh, my word. Yes. It's a little bit. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet, but I suppose he, like, he's so prolific with songwriting, you know, but... Um, I, man, I would read that so hard. I would give it to everybody I know, in fact. Actually, I, I kind of take that back because I remember one time he said, uh, maybe when I'm too old to jump off a, a drum kit or something, maybe I'll write a book. So I'm like, well, maybe we can hold that off for a little bit because I want him to keep rocking for a while. <laughs> for sure. We can wait on it. If that's going to be yeah. what it takes, yep, I can be patient. So another question for you is if, I was thinking of uh, kind of a cheesy example, but you know the the build a bear thing, <laughs> build a mm -hmm. build a Switchfoot concert. I'm assuming this song would go in the set. What what part of the set are you putting this song in, and and kind of what would you have around the song if you could think of like middle of the show, towards the end, encore, um, in front of a rocker, or, you know, what, what would you think? Yeah, I'm gonna say dead center. I think it's a turning point. Because again, it is this crux, right? It's this crossroads. Yeah. And I think that it works very well that way in a set too. Um, and I mean, I feel like I would follow it with something like Hello Hurricane, you know, with this, the shadow proves the sunshine is almost an observation. Yeah. It's like looking at reality and describing it in all of its glory and its terror, right? And so then I would want to follow it with something that was a response, like Hello Hurricane. It's like in the face of this, all of this weight that is reality, that is life, that is being a human being in this world, what do we do? And so then I think I would probably put Hello Hurricane afterwards um, and then kind of move towards a triumphant finish to the set, which would, of course, have to include Jerry to move and where I belong, because yes. we all know that those have to come at the end. Those yeah. the set, so. That's pretty good, right? Right on the tip of your toes and ready with that one. That was good. Um, so also, you know, being a music lover, this is a question that I like to ask people and, and kind of um, even on social media, just I'm just intrigued by it. If you had a festival and you had, there's no limit to the amount of money that it takes, you can switch genres, you can just have your ultimate show and you have... Uh, four acts of anybody, four acts from front to back. Can you think of anything? Can you think of your four that you'd play in what order? Man, that was going to be easy until you said four acts. It was like you got me. Like I was like, okay, this is doable. Um, so obviously Switchfoot's going to be one. But what I would probably do is I would build it off of this idea of purposeful music or music that is, again, like a vehicle for change. So I would probably put Remedy Drive 
um, alongside Switchfoot. And then thinking about other bands I would want to include, um, I lean a little towards including Anne Berlin because I've seen like, you know, in years past, in the distant past, I saw them play with Switchfoot and the Mm -hmm. pairing worked very well. And Anne Berlin also has had um, a fairly socially conscious kind of bent to their music. So I could see that working well again, especially, I mean, and now it's more feasible because Anne Berlin is back around again. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about, I'm like, man, what would I do for a fourth one? I would feel like I would want to choose somebody who was more up and coming. Is there anybody you haven't seen yet that you would, that's one thing I like to ask too, is if there's like a, a dream scenario that you've not seen that particular band yet. Doesn't have to be, but no. just an option. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to say dream scenario, we're putting you two on there. Like yeah. if we're going to, we're going to put them on the bill. They're one of the, like the few musical heroes that I've never seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, I mean, again, that would be almost hitting multiple different generations, right? Yeah. Of like this idea of purposeful rock. And so mm-hmm. I think that could be, I mean, man, that would be a fantastic once in a lifetime kind of yeah. lineup. Um, but again, all very much focused on in music as action. Yeah. Well, I would definitely go to that show. I, I did see you uh, two once in Chicago. Oh, uh, I think nice. Five, five or so years ago, I think it was. Um, and yeah, it was just incredible. But I would still, if I'm picking my four, you two is probably still my my headliner. Um, but yeah, like we were, we were thinking for the others. And I'm really pumped that Amberlin is making a comeback uh, of our, um, those couple songs. So, uh, yeah, yeah, same for sure. Yeah. I had just one more thought I was thinking about, um, thinking about this song in particular and thinking about them sharing the song as a response to this trip to South Africa. And I was thinking about how recently for me, um, I've moved into the space of working in anti-human trafficking spaces and Specifically, I work with the organization, The Exodus Road, who's active in Thailand, India, uh, Latin America, the Philippines. And a lot of the stories that I have been interacting with, because a lot of my role is to take stories from the field, like literally earlier today, I was looking at um, case files that were featuring, you know, these photos of teenage girls in Thailand who are being, you know, recovered out of brothels and interacting with those stories has been a new kind of shadow proves the sunshine moment for me. And I think added more weight to kind of what John says about the song is it is like, you know, this, like, again, like I said, this expansive thing where the more you interact with the world and realize how much bigger it is than your own shadow um, and how there are shadows out there that are so much bigger than any I could fathom. And at the same time, like the courage of a lot of these survivors that I interact with a lot of these kids who have been through the unimaginable and are moving on to rebuild their lives. Like that's been a unique new kind of point of resonance for me with this song in the last year of my life. So I thought that is kind of like an interesting thing as you were sharing, you know, John's thoughts on the song. It's like, yeah, that feels very true for me. Love it, man. It's just amazing. Like, with each passing conversation, it's not just like, Hey, I like that song. It's like this song connects to me deeply. And I mean, you've got memories from childhood to 
uh, creation fest to like working with them to things you went through. I mean, it's just in, in the work you're doing now. So absolutely amazing. Um, and again, I greatly appreciate you coming on. Keep up the great work. Um, if you want to let people know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Mary Nickel, just my name. But then you can also follow Rock on Purpose at Rock on Purpose Live on Instagram and Facebook and at Rock on Purpose on Twitter. It's rockonpurpose.live is the URL of the site. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be here and to share our mutual love of this band and this music and of what they have to tell us about being human.